Hey y'all, welcome to Power to Lead Her. Power to Lead Her is an initiative to inspire and empower women across the world to pursue leadership roles in their careers. Tune into the podcast and join me as I interview dynamic, diverse, and successful women who share their inspiring leadership stories. Today, I have another special guest on the pod. Ashley Lynn Priori is the founder, president, and CEO of Queen's Gambit, a national multi-departmental hybrid nonprofit and social enterprise using chess as a catalyst for change and a model to empower, educate, and impact a better society. I am super excited to talk to her today about her passion for making a lasting impact on society through her amazing work. Ashley is the author of four books, including Let's Learn Chess, and is currently completing a Bachelor of Arts in English and Politics at the University of Pittsburgh. She also leads Y22, a youth on boards movement, youth political strategies, a campaign organization supporting candidates who support young people, and Priori Consulting an innovative strategy consulting firm. Ashley ran for public office in 2019 and remains committed to equitable politics. Currently, she co-founded and co-leads Our Right to Justice, which achieves for a more equitable Supreme Court. Her writing, focusing on politics, social justice, and entertainment has been featured in national platforms including MS Magazine, Thrive Global, and BuzzFeed. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. So my name is Ashley Priori. Um, I'm calling in here from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm a junior at the University of Pittsburgh. My major is English and Politics. And I run an organization called Queen's Gambit, um, not the Netflix series. Uh, And we have a similar mission, though. We empower young people through chess and use the educational benefits that chess provides to um, teach life skills, critical thinking skills, and strategic planning skills. Awesome. And can you like share with us a little bit about what you really studied in college and how you became interested in politics? Yeah, of course. I find it so interesting that, you know, when we are in college or even in high school and we are reading about history and history books, um, it doesn't, to us, it sort of seems like literature, right? Mm -hmm. We're reading it and there's not a immediate connection sometimes. You know, we might read about Washington, Lincoln, and, and we're reading about all these things that are happening and we don't find a connection because it seems so distant to us. One of the ways and reasons I got involved in politics was just from my own community. Uh, one of my mentors in politics, I owe her so much. She's a council member in Pittsburgh, uh, Erica Strasberger. She actually got me interested in pursuing politics as a career. So she was a um, um, chief of staff when I first met her and I was supposed to meet with her boss who is a council member at that point and something happened and I couldn't meet with him and you know I met with Erica instead and it was like the best mistake to ever happen because she taught me so much uh, she was the person that uh, said to me hey you seem like you'd be interested in politics do you want a shadow do you want to intern uh, the fact that she would even think of me who was like a, a freshman in high school at that point 
was crazy. And I was just so deeply connected with her, with her, just her compassion and commitment to engaging with people. And so after that, I just became so much more involved and realized that these day-to-day issues impact us. And there's people that are handling it. It could be something as simple as trash in your backyard, right? Someone's not throwing out their trash or there's an issue with it. Who do you call? Will you talk with, you know, your council member? Um, When there's issues with your water, right? You talk with your council member. These are the people who you call. And even with those bigger issues like youth rights, youth representation, we talk to our elected officials. And so now when I look at the history books, I'm saying to myself, these people went through very similar experiences. In a hundred years, they're going to write about the pandemic. They're going to write about all of these things that we are going through now. And we are a part of what they write. You know, how communities respond is so important. Um, so that's how I really got interested in it. And I know that's a, a long answer <laughs> to a simple question, but um, that's really uh, the beginnings of it. Wow, yeah, I definitely agree. And like, these issues are definitely something we should really be aware about. And it's really cool to see how you took your interest in politics to like a whole new level. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, students don't learn about nonprofit skills or how to do something that's not necessarily school or something for their career, but we have to find a way to connect passion with school in their career because your job should be something you love to do and we're not teaching that enough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Speaking about nonprofits, what really motivated you to start Queen's Gambit and what exactly is its mission? Yeah, so I started Queen's Gambit back in high school. Um, My entire life was dedicated to chess. So I first started playing when I was about four years old. My dad taught me how to play and I just fell in love with it. You know, I would go to tournaments, I would do classes. Um, I did a lot of the competitive side of things, but I even knew at that young of an age that there was a lot of divides in the chess world. It is such a male dominated game. Um, It is still a male dominated game, especially a white male dominated game. And so what I try to do is I try to think about, you know, how can we use chess as a tool for education and not just something that is competitive? So Queen's Gambit was started to empower young people, teach them chess. I had a passion for chess and I still do. And I love the game and I wanted to spread that around. Um, Going through the nonprofit process itself was very new to me. I really, you know, I say I really actually didn't know what I was doing necessarily when I went through the process to start with. Uh, I said to myself, how can I get funds to support this organization? And I was like, well, I could start a nonprofit and uh, that could be one way to apply for grants. And so I did it. And that's something that I wish um, more people would know that they can do. It always seems like this big thing that we can't tackle. And that's, that's not the case. Tons of people can, uh, can learn how to start an organization. And I just had this passion and this drive. And so I did it. And that's really how, um, how Queen's Gambit was born. And today we're, we're, um, you know, still doing our original mission, but we're focusing a lot more on how do, how does gaming specifically like chess, it could be checkers, video gaming, um, 
even something like Monopoly, how do those types of games teach different skills? Because those skills are important and gaming is fun for a lot of youth. So that's what we're doing now. And it's, it's all about creative thinking and using day-to-day -day techniques to empower young people. Yeah, that's really inspiring. And like, chess is all about like strategy and strategic thinking. And it's really wonderful how you are using chess to impact communities and really encourage the youth. Um, how, how has that experience helped you found Y22, a youth on boards movement? Yeah, that, that's a great question. You know, they are so connected because going through the, the nonprofit process, I found that a lot of the leaders in the community and the nonprofit space who people would connect me with, because Pittsburgh's a very connection oriented city, people would connect me with, um, it was a lot of the times older people or men, right? And so I had this struggle. I was like, well, where are there other young people who are starting or nonprofits or starting organizations that I can connect with. There's no like group out there that brings these people together. And I was always the youngest one in the room. And I said, this has to change because when we're looking at nonprofit boards, that's the same issue that's in chess, right? It's, it's white male dominated. And so why 2 movement came about um, actually it emerged during the pandemic because people were looking more inward at their boards and trying to nominate new people on their boards. It's the goal is to get those under 25 on nonprofit boards and to talk about the importance of diversity and inclusion within boards because nonprofits are for the community. They're organizations that are started for and by the community. So their boards need to be reflective of that. And Y22 is all about the training behind it. We train young people and we train boards to have these conversations. We're all about nonprofit consulting. So how can we support nonprofits to be the best that they can be? And we also are all about making sure that everyone has a seat at the table. For too long, young people have been pushed aside. They're sort of seen as these groups of people that are, in quotes, aren't ready yet. Or, you know, it's your time. You must have heard all of that stuff. People saying, oh, you know, you have time. Go, go graduate first. When we know the pressing issues that are impacting us like climate change, we don't have time, right? We need to act now. We, we, we don't have time to do this. So that's really how everything started with, with Y22. And right now we're trying to, to, to reach the goal of by 2022 to... Um, get as many people in Pittsburgh, many young people under 25 as possible on influential boards. And young people provide value, valuable, engaging, relevant experience. And I wish that people would talk about that more. Yeah, wow. I really love everything about the Y22 mission. And I definitely agree that it is extremely essential for um, youth voices are heard and that Really, every individual has a seat at the decision table at all times. Um, speaking about like the various ventures you started, can you um, elaborate more on what Priori Consulting is? Yeah, of course. You know, Priori Consulting was just sort of emerged from my own interest. Um, someone once told me, they're like, oh, you're doing way too many things. You need to slow it down and put it under one roof. And I said, well, I don't want to slow it down, but I will put it under one roof. <laughs> and so I created Prairie Consulting and Prairie Consulting, we do a lot of different things, but we're all focused on um, using strategy tools to 
combat society's biggest issues. So we do stuff with policy work, with nonprofits, with initiative building, and it's all about empowering people. I love to have people see their fullest potential and know that they are capable of, of so many things. And so um, we're all about collaboration. We're all about creating really interesting initiatives. One thing that we're working on right now is at the University of Pittsburgh. We're looking at how Pitt can create a center for social advancement through entrepreneurship. And we, we started that because Pitt does not have uh, a, a, a great place for entrepreneurship on campus, especially social entrepreneurship. And so we're starting that. Um, there's also a, a movement to um, support Frances Jacobs Alcott and highlight her work. Frances Jacobs Alcott was the founder of a children's department at the Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh. And she is um, the person that really started this idea of children's rooms. So it's all about highlighting voices who don't necessarily have a seat at the table um, and giving them the, the, the you know, the, this, this uh, concept of, I'm trying to find the best word to explain it, but showing that these people are valuable too. And a lot of valuable people do not make news, but they should, they should be highlighted. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's really exciting. And it's really cool to see how this strategy forum is really um, supporting organizations with these various projects involving like strategic planning and all about empowering, empowering youth voices. Um, how has this experience helped you uh, recently co-found Our Right to Justice? Um, yeah. Yeah, so Our Right to Justice was started by a friend of mine who lives in California, and she is uh, incredible. Her and I had this idea that, you know, we really wanted to, um, you know, to create a space where we talked about Supreme Court justices and we talked about these issues that are impacting young people. And so it was started after um, Justice Amy Coney Barrett was um, nominated to, to serve on the Supreme Court. Uh, and um, our right to justice, again, is founded by, by young people and it's all about education, empowering people uh, on the Supreme Court and saying that, hey, what does it look like if we have more Supreme Court seats? Do we educate people about the Supreme Court? Do people know what it looks like and what, you know, what, what it is, how it operates? And it's all about really an equitable, sustainable Supreme Court that works for everyone, fostering political and social change. And we do a lot of government relations. So talking with elected officials in office now about the Supreme Court, because a lot of people don't actually know what the Supreme Court does. And that is surprising to me because the Supreme Court is so powerful. Uh, and I'm surprised that people don't know more about it. So that's really what that, that organization is about. Yeah, I, I really like how um, our right to justice is really creating like a more equitable Supreme Court and government and how you're really like um, educating the youth on such topics that are not really talked about very often in like daily academics in school. Um, why do you believe that empowering the youth and especially promoting young women in leadership is important? You know, that's, that's a great question. Um, I, I really believe that everyone deserves to have a seat at the table. Um, 
the best work that has been done in the community has been work that is grounded in community. And when we don't give people a seat at the table, we are excluding members of our community and our population, right? If you had, I, I like to think of it this way. If you and your best friend were at a lunch table back when we could eat in person uh, and there was a person sitting alone, maybe you knew that person, maybe you didn't, but they went to your school, would you just let them sit alone or would you, would you invite them? I think people don't think enough about that they're humans. We are all human beings. So when you ignore someone, when you ignore populations, you are ignoring human beings and their wants and their needs. And we need to think more about the, the human side of it and humanity and why we're doing what we're doing. Um, I even like to think about it too, is like people say bad stuff about young people all the time. They say that young people are lazy, that they don't know what they're talking about. But if you said that to your your own child, right? If if a 40-year-old said that to their own child, they wouldn't even think about saying that. And they're like, oh, well, my child's different. Well, no, your child is just like any other young person. They want to make a change and they're dedicated, right? So I want us to think more about the humanity and, and really caring about people and making sure that we are open about the fact that no, not all young people are alike, but all young people want to impact the, their world and their communities. And so we need to respect them for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's always important to be inclusive of everyone and really make sure that every um, person has a seat at the table. So I definitely agree with that message. And um, before we close off, what is your advice for young women who are really interested in pursuing a career in either in politics, social justice, or really like in the entrepreneurship space? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say just do it, right? There's so many people out there that don't want you to do something or don't want you to have success or they say, oh, that's too hard, don't do it. What young women and women in general, we all find a way. <laughs> we all know what, what, what we are capable of. And we can really make a change. And so I just tell people to keep pushing forward, keep doing things, keep um, keep at your goal. Um, don't be discouraged. There are tons of people that are gonna, are gonna tell you bad things. There's tons of people that are gonna do that. Don't let them say that to you. Don't let them discourage you. Because if you listen to everything someone said, every bad thing someone said, if everyone in the world did that, um, we would not have much progress, right? If someone said that to Kamala Harris back when she ran for, for president, she would, and listen to them, she would not be president or vice president right now, right? She would not be where she is. And so we need to stop listening to what other people think and do more about what we think is best and what our own passions are. Um, listening to your gut and your gut feeling is important. If you have a bad feeling about something or if you have a good feeling about something, listen to it, right? Because if you don't, then that's going to be, the, 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 that's, that's when those challenges start to occur. So always listen to yourself, believe in yourself and know that you can really do whatever, whatever's possible. Definitely, definitely. We should always really strive to do what's best for us as people and what we are truly passionate about instead of mm -hmm. really focusing on what others say, like you said. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's a great way to wrap up our episode. Um, thank you so much, Ashley, for such an empowering and inspirational episode. Yeah, 
thank you so much for having me. It was so great to connect with you today. Of course, it's a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you all so much for tuning in and make sure to hit the subscribe button. I'll be back soon with another interesting interview. Stay safe and healthy.